All right. All right. We are officially live uh, across the world. Craig, across the world. No, um, I'm so happy and, and honored and humbled to have this guest. Uh, long time coming. Um, ma'am, I, I can't do you any justice. Please introduce yourself. Well, I'll say that um, the world know me as Lazante Franklin. I elevated and graduated to El Gala. I go by El Gala, but the world knows me as um, singer songwriter Lazante Franklin. I was originally signed to uh, Dark Child, Ronnie Jerkins, EMI slash Sony ATV. I wrote a lot of you, a lot of hits you hear now. Um, I wrote whole world telephone with um, Sean Daniels. Um, did Willow Smith project. Did a lot of stuff. Willow Smith. Did a lot of stuff with Doja Cat. Did some stuff for Diddy. I did um, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife. Um, I don't know if y'all know about the dance world, Zed. Um, shit. A lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. Just to name a few, you know? Name a few. So I, I kind of want to, um, we'll, we'll do a build up with the questions. Okay. I kind of want to know, what was your, your musical background? Was, was Were you kind of born into it family-wise or just something you just kind of gravitated to on your own? Yeah, my father was a singer-songwriter, so I pretty much got the gift that came through me. My, my dad wrote um, Old Time Rock and Roll, co-wrote Old Time Rock and Roll. Um, did a lot of other songs, too, but not never got his credit for it, pretty much. Um, anyway, I grew up in the church, so I started off singing. I, the moment I knew that I wanted to write was the moment I knew when I found out I could sing. So I was seven years old. I remember the show Rags to Riches. I don't know if you remember that show with Tisha Campbell. Remember that show, Tisha Campbell, Rags to Riches? So I'm looking at your credits because I, I think you kind of like really didn't do yourself enough justice. I know. Um, it, you, you got a lot. Uh, you yeah. got a lot of credits. Yeah, a lot of credits. I'm looking at Jesse McCartney. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking at Nelly Furtado. Yes, Tinashe. Oh yeah, definitely Tinashe. Destiny in Paris. Definitely Destiny in Paris. Macy Gray. Definitely Macy Gray. Havana Brown. Definitely Havana Brown. So, is South Mafia? Okay. Um, now it's starting. It's starting to come back because once I left it, I kind of like just left it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I'm kind of I'm real laid back down to earth, so when I do something, I it's like I forget about it. It's not like I like to stay in it. It's like whatever. Um, but when I start to look look back at everything I've done, I'd be like, well, I, you know, mm-hmm. I did a lot. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I really did a lot. I'm like responsible for. I, I know my style. I'm responsible for a lot of of the sound you hear now. You know, um, I hear a lot of my sound in a lot Doja Cat. You know, well, I, yeah, I, I, I meant I wanted to get into that because I have I see you listed for beautiful for Doja Cat. Yeah, I did. Like I, I used to sing like all of her backgrounds and shit. You know what I mean? Because I remember um, 
actually, I was actually leaving the industry. I was making my way out. Okay. I wasn't supposed to go back and work with nobody else. But I remember, um, I remember uh, a guy that wanted to manage me. He used to help me get, get on projects. Suli Main. I'm going to call some names out because I can do that now. Suli Main. He was, I guess he worked with Rock Nation. And I guess this is when Rock Nation was managing uh, Doja Cat. And um, I guess they, she was just finished working with Pharrell. Mm-hmm. They kind of didn't know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I remember Suleiman sent me a video of her because it was her so high video that she did. Okay. And um, I was like, they was like, you know, we think you would like her. I think she would like you because they recognized that I was different. And one of my things, one of my gifts, one of my my greatest strengths in the industry, I was different, but it was seemed like I was always ahead of my time. Okay. So. Doja Cat really didn't work with nobody. She didn't, because she, you know, she writes her lyrics. She's very, very dope, very talented. So they were just like, we're trying to see who she is gel with. She doesn't want to work with nobody. So let's give you a try. So I go in, and the first thing I do was they had a song that she already, beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's pretty much every song on that on that EP that she had, I did pretty much all. They had me go in there and do like backgrounds. Because so she wasn't doing backgrounds. The backgrounds were very simple. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like soon as I soon as I went in there, the first day I went in there, I did what I did, and um, it just made the song come alive. And so from there on, she was she was freaking out like everybody was freaking out like yo, you know what I mean? Like it got to the point I was working with one session into every day, every day, every day for a good minute. Um, I know she had a lot of things going on with her because they kind of wanted me to be like her mentor. The guy that brought me in, he was like, you know, she was on like this a lot of substances. And um, they needed her to stay focused. So they were like, we need for you to like be a mentor to her, get her to get her motivated, you know, that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much was on that whole um, ride with her when she did the MP. I used to do like culture background singers. And I've noticed that the way I sung and the way I've done things, she remember it. And she puts it in her music now. Okay. And, um, it's crazy because when I listen to her now, I'll be like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, she sounds like me. Right. And I can take anything away from her because she's dope and she's talented. I watched that little girl write some lyrics. And I knew she was dope the way her lyrics were. Mm-hmm. But I know that she mastered, I wouldn't say mastered, but got it down to a, a, a got it down just enough, good enough that I can hear it when she presents it. So when I hear, when I hear, um, what's that song she just came out? What's the song she came out with? Um, bag, 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 bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bag, yeah. Bag, bag. Yeah. You know, that's all me. Like, I, that's all me. That's that whole thing, you know, that's all me. Because I was able to change my voice. I can sound like Macy Gray. I can sound like uh, Christina Aguilera. I can go, I can go, I can sound like a band. I can change, I'm like a chameleon. I can change my voice, my tone. And um, that's why I was able to adapt to different genres of music. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. Doja was actually the last person. Doja and Tanache actually were the last two people I worked with before I left. I was just like, let me just work on this project. And I really actually liked Doja Cat. And then Tanache was another one. Um, she was very different. She was very different. People don't know how actually talented Tanache is. Okay. Um, 
I guess they kind of wanted to give her a Leah feel, but she never even heard. She never listened to Leah feel. She never listened to Leah music. So she kind of reminded me of Leah. Um, she was another artist that didn't want to work with nobody because she was so different. She mm-hmm. had her own style. She, she was able to mix, master, write, produce. You know, she was she was all around artist. You know, and um, when she uh, I worked on the first album she came out with. I did two songs on that album. I co-wrote two songs on that album. And uh, I'll say she had her own style, you know what I mean? But we gelled very, I got her mind, she got my mind. She was able to let me go in and do it. And so those are the last two people that I worked with before I left out. Um, I know that they were trying to give her like the Aaliyah kind of, Aaliyah kind of vibe. And so since they wanted that Aaliyah kind of vibe, I kind of wanted to give her some, like, some old school, kind of like R. Kelly, mm-hmm. when he met Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Like, the first shit that he did, um, the first, like, that whole feel. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I did that. And uh, she ended up taking off. And so it was crazy how it seemed like everybody I worked with, they end up blowing up. They end up blowing up, but then when it gets to the level where they're blowing up, they don't know me anymore. They act like they don't know nothing. Um, not that I really care, but I'm just like, come on, y'all know me. You know what I mean? Like, right. y'all know this sound. Y'all know this style from a lot of people out there. They know in that industry. They know my name rang bells. Not to be on no cocky shit, but I can just because of my credits and they know how much work I put in. <laughs> they know. They know that sound. You know, I was always different, so it was kind of like. They love my differentness. If I'm gonna just make my own words, they love my differentness, and uh, some people couldn't duplicate it, so they left it alone. But they had tried to master this down, create it for themselves. If you get what I mean. If you don't mind, how was it working with? Well, how did you come across Willow? Oh, actually, I was working with Willow from. Um, it was a producer I worked with named Jukebox. Okay. So he was kind of Roddy Me and Jukebox was on the same team with Garchow. So Jukebox, he was a young kid, was super duper dope. And I remember we worked a lot on records and shit. Jukebox was like a different type of producer. He had different type of sound. Mm-hmm. And so we was we we gelled our sounds. I was able to flip his shit that he gave me. It was like our, our sounds really um, worked well together. And I remember he came to the studio and he was like, yo, I got a project for you. He was like, yo, Willow was like, Willow, yo, I'm doing Willow Smith project because he did with my hair. And so he was like, yo, she like a little you. Cause he was like, she's like a little you. And he was like, I'm gonna get you in on this project. So I was like, all right, cool. So he brought me over there to Omar. Cause Omar was managing, uh, he was in control of a project at the time. I went over there to the Smith's house and um, some backgrounds on with my hair. And then I ended up doing like her whole album because it was kind of like, cause she was going for it. She wanted to still have, soul pop and rock at the same time and everybody knew i could i mastered that pop shit cindy lopper type shit she likes cindy she was, they wanted to make her pop they wanted to have hip-hop and then like a soul hip-hop soul but then go mainstream you know how they do they start with the yeah. soul. They, they grab you in and then they go get that money you do mm-hmm. and so i was able to mix all those sounds into one and so that's how i ended up doing pretty much her whole project so yeah, that's how that went about. Okay, cool. Um, so for any songwriter, I, I I would assume the, I guess their first big deal is getting that first placement. 
Yeah, it's a big deal for a lot of songwriters. Tell me how how it was your first getting securing that first placement. How did it come about, and and how did it, yeah. Um, how that came about? Actually, I had I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia, so that's where I wanted to go pursue my music career because at the time Atlanta was popping. So I used to like you know try to figure my way out in Atlanta, and I worked with I had an opportunity to work with um, producer named Benny Block. Uh, Vinnie Block, Shakespeare's Cat. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Philly Most Wanted. I don't know if you remember Philly's Most Wanted. Bonnick and Lit. They did that song, Please Don't Mind. Yeah, they did that joint. Um, I was able to work with Faith Evans on the um, on Mesmerize. I did, like, I co-wrote two songs on Faith Evans' album. Um, And then it kind of, like, I still didn't get my break. People still kind of sleeping on me. So I was told to move to L.A. So I ended up moving to LA. Um, I had a homeboy, I don't know, um, a real, real close friend of mine, Steven Starr. You guys know his father, Marie Starr. He produced like um, uh, everything. New Kids on the Block, shit, New Edition. His son was a really good friend of mine. And I remember he was like, he, he called me up one time when I was in LA. He was like, you giving up on music? And I was like, I'm tired of it. I got tired of trying because if I kept on hitting closed doors, and he's like, you giving up on music. I was like, oh, I'm tired of it. If it's gonna if it's gonna happen, it's gotta come to me. So anyway, he ended up putting me in contact with um, a guy named Big Chuck, and Big Chuck put me in contact with Rodney Jerkin. And I remember, I he didn't tell me who I was going to go meet. He uh, was just like, I'm gonna need you at the. I gave a. We heard a song that I did. And he was like, he didn't know me either. The guy my friend introduced me to, he was just like, I'm going to need for you to come to the studio at this such and such time. And I wasn't going to come because I didn't know him. But then I was like, let me see. You just never know in L.A. You know, dreams do come true in L.A. I'll give you that. And so um, I went up there and it was when the person got out of the car and it was Ronnie Jerkins. And at the time, I'm like tripping out because everybody knows that I love Brandy. Like, Brandy was one of my favorite singers. I love LaShawn's work, you know, and I, I love Rodney's music. And uh, so me seeing Rodney was like, yo, this is crazy. Out of everybody, this is who wants to who wants to meet me? So the first thing he said was, I'm going to need for you. I didn't even get in the door yet. He said, I'm going to need for you to go in. I need for you to write a hook for 50 Cent and Gwen Stefani. He put me right on spot. So I was like, what do you mean? You know, so he just put me right there on spot. So I just went in. Um, and wrote a hook. And he was just like, they like this. He's like, yo, she dope, she dope. So it was kind of like, we want you. I'm signing all these artists, songwriters from all over the world, and we want you on the team. And so I was just like, yo, I can't pass that up because that's Rodney Jerkins. You know, like, that's a dream come true at the time. So <laughs> let me let me stop you there. We're, we're going to save. We're going to come back to Rodney Jerkins. We're going to okay. come back full circle. Okay. Um, Publishing deals. Yeah. Did you ever, did you secure one? Or were you able to? Well, that's why I did this publishing deal. Okay, we're going to come back to that. Okay. But um, what are your thoughts on publishing deals? Mainly, in, you see a lot of guys, a lot of big dogs selling the publishing now. Yeah, yeah, that's strange to me. Well, tell me your thoughts on that. Either I look at it two ways. Either they're trying to catch the new wave. And like it's something circling around in the industry, like yo, this is the new, this is this is what we need to do. This, this is the new, this is the new move. Because I know they, you know, 
word gets around on what moves to make. So I'm like, either they're jumping on that because they know something that's about to happen, or they scared of something. Well, that's the thing, because even, I mean, you couldn't, something like this would, would have never, ever, I've never heard of anything Rodney in the history of music. Net, you die by that. You live Rodney and die by that. Yes. You hear me? Yeah. Ronnie don't give up his public. Okay? Homeboy don't give up his publishing. So when homeboy give up his publishing, I'm like, yo, you like, what's going on? You know? So, um, and then I hear Timberland gave up his publishing too, right? Yeah, so Timberland, The Dream, uh, No ID, L.A. Reed, RZA. When I heard L.A. Reed gave up his publishing, I was like, wait, hold up now. Come on, somebody tell me something. Because I know they can't. Nobody, you know. Okay, let me tell you this. In the industry, one thing you don't do is give up your public. That's right. Because that's long money. Right. That's the check that never stops growing. That's right. You get what that's I mean? Right. Yeah. So when they um when that when I heard about that news, I was just like, What's going on? Something's happening. And they just got the word first. And so they jumped shit because they want to be ahead of the next wave. Are going into the next phase. Let me piggyback off that. Um, the masters. Yeah. I've noticed a trend of mainly urban artists. They'll get their masters and they don't hold it for long for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, is it worth it? Nothing is worth it. My dad always told me, Rosante. Cause I started off at one to be an artist. So he always said, you know what you do, you keep your, he used to tell me this when I was little, keep your masters. You know, it flew in and went out the other air, you know, when I got there, but you keep your masters. And he always had his masters. He kept his masters on some of the music that he did. And uh, one thing you don't give up is your masters, but a lot of artists, they don't, they won't let you get your, they won't let you get your masters. That's like you ask, can you have your own masters? It'll get you crazy. You get killed for asking those kind of questions around that. You know what I mean? That's a true point. Have you had any ever issues securing your writer's credit when people try to, you know, when the split sheets come around, people get funny? You got like this. <laughs> it gets real quiet real fast it's like oh wait a, what, <laughs> what did you write again I'm what lines did you write <laughs> I'm telling on them all you know what that's the bullshit in this, in that, that's the bullshit in that world because you can go in there and grind 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 word for word they like what you're doing and then so when them they got to do those split sheets they didn't want to pull you over to the side yeah. they do that to me <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, uh, my husband, he was my manager because I didn't trust nobody, you know what I mean? So my husband, you know, and he was new. He was new, too, because he come from the architect world. So we, I didn't trust no, I know not to trust nobody going in. So I was like, look, we got to thug this shit out together. We got to learn as we go, you know, and we, we got burnt in a lot of areas just by learning as we go. But I'd rather still take that lesson than linking up with some bullshit out there. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? So I'm not even mad at that. We did we did the best that we could in that situation that we was done. And so um they give you that talk. Everybody I work with wanted percentage. 
You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it be that talk where, you know, um, artists ain't getting paid no more, you know? And they asking for this amount of percentage in order. And if you be like, no, nah, I ain't giving up the percentage, they be like, well, it ain't going to make the, they ain't going to make- use your soul for That's right. That's they right. They tell you sing, but that's what they tell you to get you. They tell you, you're going to be, you got the next thing, you got the, the second, the, the first and the second single. Like, what would you let that? And he'd be like, thinking, like, dang, you know, I do need this hit. I do need this hit. Like, dang, okay, you'll give it up just because you like, you like, okay, I'm going to just get, catch my wave and I'm just blow up and then I ain't going to have to give up no credit. So now they all ask for credit. Everybody. Else. Only person that didn't ask for credit was Macy Gray. Macy Gray don't ask for credit. Well, let me ask you this. How many L's did you take before you got that, that first that first credit? Okay, so let me say this. Being signed to Rodney, um, my first placement that I had, other than, no, actually, Faith, I, I, I was brought in through uh, Benny Block. He was the guy I was dating at the time. And so she worked a lot with him. And he just, he just kind of snuck me in because he knew I was dope and he knew people was sleeping on me. But he kind of like snuck me in. Okay. So uh, we worked on some songs and gave some ideas. But she took them. But she didn't give me my credit. She gave me credits and the thank yous. You know when they did back then? Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? She gave me thank yous and the credit, but not on the song. So I knew right there and then that it's some bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was some bullshit. And so then when I got to LA and I started working with Rodney, the first placement I did was um, I worked on uh, Jerry Brookheimer's film, Shopaholic. Okay. And um, yeah, those are the first two placements. So they didn't take no credit from that because when you work with Rodney, they definitely not going to take no credit for that. And so he was basically, you know, I didn't have to worry about my publisher being snatched if it went to Rodney because, you know, he got different type of respect. Can you briefly explain how big of a deal getting a movie soundtrack was is as opposed to so let's say an artist album because yeah. for us the goal was always to get to, to a movie soundtrack right 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 oh that was big and not only was it big i was crazy that was actually a crazy experience because i wasn't signed to him longer than like three months before i got that place here. okay so um and it was gary brookheimer so that was like a big movie producer. So it was like, I didn't know who he was at the time, but then once I realized all the movies he did, mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was crazy. It was really, it was a big deal. And then from there on, I started working with Macy Gray. So that was a big deal. That was a big deal. And how was the vibe with, with Macy? Because, you know, outside looking in, you know, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard stories. I don't know about the public, but, you know, I, I knew some people that wanted to work with her, but there was like, you know what? She kind of a wild child. She a firecracker. I don't. So can you give me a, a yeah, different I'm narrative? Macy. Okay. Macy Gray was one of the coolest ones. Macy, it's, it's two of two people that I consider really, really cool. That had pure souls, like really pure souls. It was Heavy D and Macy Gray. Although okay. I didn't work with Heavy D. I used to see him in, at the Boom Boom Room. At Will, he used to be in Will Smith's uh, studio a lot. And, but Macy Gray, Macy Gray was cool. Now she was different. You just gotta get her. She was a little different, you know what I mean? But, you know, you can. Wait, when I, when every time I watch her in training day, I'm like, that's her for real. She was not acting. You know, I never seen that side of her. Okay. But Macy was, you know, Macy was cool though. Macy got my different. Macy got my different. 
And uh, when I say got my difference, she got the way I write, the way I think, the way I um, arrange words. You know, she, um, Macy Gray was really, 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 really cool, really, really cool. Um, down to earth, she was. All, she always let me be myself when it come working with her. Now she might go going. You be like, where Macy at? Where's she at? In a closet. You know what I mean? You be like, I can't that You be like, <laughs> you be like, is she in the closet? Okay. You know what I mean? But Macy was different. She used to invite me over to her house. Like Macy was one of the coolest person, one of the coolest people I work with. I like Macy. Like Macy, I got. You know, she was just different. Now, I don't know her wild, her wild side. I do hear things, but you know, when somebody show me different, I pretty much throw it out. It's about how you treat me. If you don't mind, what do you think happened with with her career? She, she I mean, because she was, you know she had what? the torch, you know. You know what? I don't know. I really don't know because the album she did after that was dope. Yeah, the album we worked on was dope. I don't know. I just think that maybe. Now she did. Now Macy always blew up in the jingle world. She always did commercial stuff. Now okay. she always, you know, in the movies and scenes and stuff like that. She's still a big deal. Now she still get paid off in scenes and stuff. She has that type of sync voice for like commercials and stuff like that. But I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm thinking maybe sometimes when you're so different, your sound is only there for a season. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, maybe that was it. I never really got into her personals. Okay. You know, or even care to get into her personals to see why it ain't working out. I just knew she was cool. I just did. We did, we did work. And I went out pretty well. She didn't invite me to her house. Macy was cool, though. I like Macy. She was very down to earth. I like. I give Macy a thumbs up. Shane on the back. Shane on my shit list. <laughs> Not on my shit list. I want to talk about what I think on paper will probably be, I would consider your biggest, your biggest record. I want to talk about Telephone. Okay. And the writing process that yeah. you had to undertake, um, two of the biggest divas in, in the industry, yeah. Gaga and, and Beyonce. Yeah. Walk me through how you secured it and the writing process, dealing with egos, how that record came to be. Okay. Actually, it's so crazy that you're talking about Macy Gray because actually I was in a studio, um, Josiah, me and Josiah was working on Macy's girl. I don't know. He was Josiah Bell, songwriter. He was married to Journey Smollett, her husband, or ex-husband, or whatever the situation is right now. But um, I was working with Macy Gray. I was in the studio with Macy Gray, and I get a call from Rodney. He was like, yo, I need you at the studio. And I, was like, I used to get tired because I feel like I was at the studio all day. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, what do you want now? And he was like, I need you at the studio now. And I was like, he said, I got something big for you to work on. And I was like, Macy, <laughs> I go. When he said big, I'm like, you know. And then he was like, I was like, Macy, I got to go. I got to go right in there. So I went down to the studio. And he was like, it was him and LaShawn in the studio. And he was like, yo. Telephone was actually written already. Gaga actually wrote it for, because Gaga was a songwriter. And she used to be at Dark Child all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, she used to come in character and everything, like, yeah, she used to come in character, and I guess they did a song for Britney Spears. Telephone was actually for Britney Spears. I remember hearing that, yeah. <laughs> yep. And so I guess she had just did a song with Beyonce. Um, telephone, the slower version, whatever, something, I don't know what it's called, something about telephone, whatever. And I guess they wanted to do switch favors. So 
she got on telephone with Beyonce, and then uh, Beyonce got on telephone for the fame monster. Okay. So it was like, yo, Beyonce. And he said, like, yo, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know this record for Beyonce. I want you to give her some of that MIA shit because Ronnie know that it wasn't like like MIA. She was always dope to me, but I did like. I, am, I never even heard of MIA before. Like, I already did that, even before I even knew MIA. So they already knew I can do MIA type of whatever they heard out there. I was able to do what MIA did and okay. take it to the next level. So he was like, I need that MIA shit. I need that MIA shit. So it was a lot of pressure. He was like, if you know this, your career going through the roof. So I was like, he said, and I was like, oh, bad. I was waiting for this moment. Because I know I'll give her something dope. Now she, I know I'll give her something dope. I was waiting for this. Because I already know how, like, Everybody you know in the studio, all you gotta do is talk like Jay Z and she'll like it. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, it's the truth. You know, I, well, I knew what to do. Okay. You know, I knew what to do. I was like, so give her something slick. You know what I mean? So, me and LaShawn, we wrote two um, two verses for that. And once it was one of the verses, LaShawn kind of influenced the melody. You know what I mean? And then I was, so Ronnie was like, yeah, that's dope, that's dope, that's dope. Ronnie was like, just write one more, write one more. And I was like, damn, me and LaShawn took a good minute to try to come up with that, with that Beyonce's part. Like, Beyonce need a verse. And I was like, oh, let me go in there. Let me just go up in there. Let me just go up in there. You know, and I was going to the booth, and I just, like, kind of just, it just flew off the dead verses. I just went there freestyle. You know what I mean? And um, I remember the engineer at the time, he was like, who's going to do this? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to do this? Because it was different. From the other verse but then like a week later ronnie told me to come to the studio and i hear what she did to it because i guess she was in japan she was somewhere and he sent her over that summer and so she recorded both of them but she ended up liking the one that i influenced and so um he had me come to the studio and he had me hear it and i was like oh okay she wrote a little stink on it you know what i mean she really really sung that like she was barking in it you know and um, that's how that came about. Okay, so now we're gonna take a turn. Okay. We're gonna get into the ugly side of the business a bit. Yeah, we can go into so, the side a little bit. Respectfully, so. Respectfully, you know. After Telephone came out, mm-hmm. you had some personal tragedies. Yeah, yeah. You wanna tell us what happened? Yeah, after Telephone with my father, um, it was two weeks. Telephone was released in uh, in uh, two thousand nine, and I remember I told my father I was like, "Daddy, I was like, um, I made it." Um, or he knew that he knew that Rodney wanted me to come to write a song for uh, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I did so next. I texted him as soon as I got the phone. I mean, not as I got the studio. I told him I was like, "I'm in here right for Beyonce." If I know this, he was like, "Oh, really?" And then two weeks after Telephone go. It came out. I was like, Daddy, it's on the radio. I remember I was driving on the highway and I was like, Oh my gosh, the song was on the radio. And then he was like, Well, you know, he was like, You made it. I don't got to worry about you no more. You know what I mean? He knew that once I got that, he just started laughing. He was like, I don't got to worry about you no more because he did have, he had, he was dealing with kidney failure. He was on dialysis. And so two weeks later, he passed away after the telephone went on. And I was just like, you know, I didn't put two and two together then. I didn't put two and two together then, you know? 
Next thing you know, I was kind of like sad because he wasn't actually here to see me get all the alpha ladies, whatever, whatnot. And um, yeah, he passed away two weeks after telephone. And I remember I was at Rodney House because I didn't want to go back home to go to, because he was on life support. They had him on life support. And um, I was my dad was like my best friend. Like, you know, my, like my dad was like, if anybody understood, understand me on this planet is my father. So I was just like, nah, I can't go back to see him in the hospital like that. You know what I mean? Cause he was in a coma. I was like, I can't do that. No, nah, I didn't want to look at him like that. That's going to be stuck in my head. I don't even want to look at him like that. And um, so um, we held on for like seven days, whatever. And I was going to go at the last minute, but I was like, nah, I ain't going to go. Ain't gonna go. And I was like, Daddy, it's okay for you to go. If you, I just spoke to him in spirit. I was like, it's okay. If you can, it's okay to go if you want to go. Just go ahead and go. And uh, we ended up leaving. We ended up leaving. And um, it's really because I haven't really took my mind back there in a good minute. So I'm just thinking all oh, this. This shit is coming back. Now, this is like 2009. So I haven't even, like, I like to keep, I like to throw it away. You know what I mean? Right. So um, just remembering that moment of everything. I was at Rodney House uh, because it was in the coma. Rodney was doing a Christmas party. And I remember I was sitting there. I wasn't really, I had other shit on my brain. You know what I mean? I had other shit on my brain. So everybody was out having a you know good time. And I was just sitting there like on the couch. And I remember I had a friend. Uh, she was like, she knew that my dad was in a coma. I was like, my dad's in a coma. You know, she's like, it's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. And I remember I got that call while I was at the party, and it was like your dad left, he's gone. And I, was like, and I remember I told Osanachi, I was like, my dad is gone. You know what I mean? And I was like, and I know it circulated around there, and uh, you would think that Rodney would come say something, but he never said nothing. He never said nothing like, "I'm sorry about your dad." Um, you would think that we a camp, how you consider to be family. Mm-hmm. I'm there every day. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you would say, like, I'm sorry about the pops. He didn't say nothing at all. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? It just got strange a little bit. Because then I was at his house again. No, no. Michael Jackson, it was just strange because Michael Jackson died before my dad. And I remember I was going to Rodney House. I was at Rodney House because I was doing some songs for Extreme. I knocked on the door. As soon as I knocked on the door, Joy answered it, his wife. She's like, Michael Jackson's dead. And I was like, you know, and he still wanted me to go in and write like three songs. Like, because he had me do this, um, this, um, It's kind of like touchy to talk about this, but I'm going to go ahead and get it out. And I don't want to call him a fat nigga, but sometimes I got to call him a fat nigga because he, you know, like, I just got to, I just had to explain that fat nigga. He had me, like, right. He needed, he signed this deal with Extreme Music, this, this company out in uh, London, where they responsible for, like, all the background music you hear on, like, 
Basketball Wise, MTV, VH1, all you know, all those things. So he was like, he signed a deal with them, and he was like, I need forty songs. I need to do forty songs. I need ten songs for sport, um, for basketball. I need ten songs for pop. I need all, all type of genres, of different type of genres of music. And I used to go in and knock them out, knock them out. Didn't care how drained out. I was tired because I had to write it, sing it. You know what I mean? Back to back, back to back. So I got like pretty much tired, but I remember I had to go to, that's what I was going to his house for. So I was already tired. I was already didn't even want to be there. And so as soon as I knock on the door, George answered the door and was like, Michael Jackson's dead. And I'm like, so my mind, you know, you hear about Michael Jackson's dead. You would think that he'd be like, we ain't even gonna work together. Well, actually he didn't have to work. He already had a, he already had a, a producer in his closet. In his closet, not even, this is at his house now. In his closet, we was in a hot closet. They didn't say there was no food, no nothing, but we were just grinding out, grinding out. He still had me going. And right, and my head space ain't right because I'm like, Ronnie Jerkins, I mean, not Ronnie Jerkins, but Michael Jackson just passed away. I'm like, how you how you get your mind right after that? It's like you in LA, everybody in the street, you know what I mean? It was just like, that was like, besides Leah, that was like one of the celebrities that kind of like really did touch me. So it was just like, I remember when Michael Jackson died, and then I was at Rodney House. My daddy died, and then I was at Rodney House, and my aunt died. And so I'm like, hmm, this is kind of weird. You know what I mean? You hear stories about, you know, sacrificing and shit like that, but you don't know. It's you don't know how real it is. Until you in a situation, you hear about it, but you like, how do they, how do they, how do they go about doing stuff like this? Like, how does it really actually happen? Like, because it ain't like, okay, I'm giving up my dad for this. You don't know, right? You know what I mean, or I'm giving up somebody. For, now I'm not like I'm just I'm not saying I'm just basically saying that weird shit started taking place if you give up. People start gotten pulled from my lineage. You know what I mean? Well, he never had no kind of remorse enough. He was just quiet and shit. So people just start dropping. I'm like, why is every time I'm at Rodney House, somebody passing away? You know? And that was one thing that kind of like made me think of. I started thinking about that. You know? So um, it's kind of still touchy for me to talk about some stuff. But um, those are the first three weird things that started making me start going deeper into life. What is this shit? I never told nobody what I was on either. I remember it was actually, um, I was working with, uh, I might I'm be fast forward and story. It's a lot of shit happening. So if you hear me going back and forth, jumping, you just gotta follow me because it's a lot of shit that took place. <laughs> I remember um, I was working with Dallas Austin in LA and he was like, yo, you know, I was into like a lot. Of, I started, you know, after my, my pops passed away, everything became spiritual you know i was able to um, hear him speak to me and i just started hearing um well how can i put <coughs> one second
It's real touchy talking about this shit. I mean, you can, no, you can, you don't have to delve any further. I, you know, I. No, I'm going to talk about it. I'm here now. I waited a long time. I wasn't even going to, I wasn't, I was going to try to back out this interview, but. um, It's 2020. Nobody's scared no more. These guys do. You know what I mean? Anyway, I started hearing um, messages from people that was on the other side. Like we the left side, she's come to her life. Like a person comes to her life. And he's been coming to her life. And they just tell me to give people messages. And so that's what I did. And um, I know I'm jumping because it's a lot. And I can't believe, like, I'm literally, like, I'm live right now. This is, like, big for me because I don't do this shit. Mm-hmm. But um, Lisa used to come to me because she wanted me to in contact with Dr. Sake. She stayed on me for like two years. I'm like, what's she? You know, I tried to get it. I said, well, maybe I got to travel to the Ocean Village or something like that, whatever. And I was already on my spiritual journey because like when my dad passed away, I started really starting to hear the other side. That was only where I could communicate with him. So I changed my diet up. I was meditating a lot. I started connecting with trees and shit. Cause nothing could explain what I was hearing. Like I could, I could, nobody could explain shit to me. You know what I mean? So I sat outside a lot. I traveled a lot. You know what I mean? And um, Lisa was one of the people that came, that came to me a lot. That was the first one, of, like the, of the entertainers of that realm that kept coming to me. Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to get in contact with Dr. Sandy. She stayed on me for like two years. So I tried to like, I said, maybe I gotta go to Huntington. And I even put it on my vision board because her spirit was so strong on me. I was like, well, this is, let me just try to manifest this shit. I even put it on my vision board trying to manifest it. Didn't have no luck to get it. It was two years went by. I was like, yo, I'm tired. I'm not, you're not gonna make me look crazy. I'm like, I was doing shit like calling up to the office in LA. Like, look, I'm trying to get in contact with Dr. Sabre. They're like, oh, what do you need? I'm like, that guy came to me. I didn't know how I delivered this shit. Right, you know, right. Like a clown, a fool, a fool. You know, I was crazy, yeah. you know? And I got frustrated. So I'm like, you're not going to have me looking crazy. So they were like, I used to tell him, like, I, I guess his daughters was working and I was like, I was trying to get in, you know, contact with Dr. Sidney because Lisa, she's been coming to me and I have to tell him something. And they, you know, brushed me off. And then uh, it was one time, I guess he was, I tried one more time because I had a phone. I was, I was like, yo, I'm not just I'm not doing this shit for me. And I was like, I'm gonna try it one more time. It's my last time. And I end up going there. I know I actually end up calling. And then um, I left another message and I end up actually going to the, his office. And the lady was like, you know what? He's not here. 
He'll be back on Wednesday. You want to set an appointment? And I'm like, we're going to be back on Wednesday. And I was like, okay. I was like, I set an appointment. And so I set an appointment. And here he comes down the stairs. And he was like, um, now mind you, I'm shaking because I'm like, I don't even know what's going to come out. I don't even know what to tell him because I don't even know why I'm here, but I guess it'll flow out of me once I get here. So <laughs> I go, and the first thing he says, he was like, um, what brings this beautiful lady to come see me today? And I looked at him, I was like, Lisa, Lisa left God. And he looked at me, he tilted his head, and he looked at me. He said, what's your sign? I said, I'm a Sagittarius. And he was like, he started laughing. And then he says, Lisa was a Gemini. And he was just told me the story of like, you know, Lisa healed me, you know. And then he was like, he just went on into it. He was like, Lisa healed me, you know. And I was like, oh, wow. And he was like, told me the story about when she, she fasted for 40 days. He said, actually, 41 days. He said, Lisa had the gift to see. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, you know what? He said, I can trust. He just said, after that, he said, I can trust you. He said, it's the way you shake your head. He was like, the people I was able to trust on my journey, on my path, they always shake their head like that. He said, come with me. He's like, come, come with me. Because we was downstairs and he takes my stairs. And so I see it. When I go upstairs, I see a bed. And I'm like, what's this freaky old man doing? He's like, I'm like, I'm not here. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not. Wait. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 one second, wait, one second. <laughs> but that was his, that was his comfort zone was his bed. Yeah. He got right in his bed, he turned the basketball game, he lit his joint, and it was another old guy that was in him, which was George Washington, George Washington Carver. Um, he was related to George Washington Carver. So him and Dr. Savior was in there talking. And so Dr. Savior just ended up just talking to me. I was in there for like three hours. We just ended up having like a long communication. I remember one of the things that I asked him was, I said, Dr. Savior, how do you get protected? How do you stay protected? How do you, what do you do? Because how do you, how is it that you're still alive? Because this is when I was starting to put two and two together. I was like, how is, how is it that you're still alive after all that you, after all that you done did? Like, you don't cure all these diseases. How did you, how do you stay protected? How do you stay protected? He was like, he looked at me, he was like, my mama. That's what he said. I was like, okay, you know, I was just like, okay, you know. And he was like, I remember he was, um, you know, he shared stories with me, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And then he was, he told me, he said, uh, he was like, will you do me a favor? And I was like, yeah, what, you know? What's up, Dr. Sadie? He said, you remind me of, he was like, you remind me of Erica. He was like, you remind me of that motherfucker. I didn't know he talked like that. That was shocking to hear him talk like that. He said, you remind me of that Erica about you, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, he's still talking about me. Because he's still talking to me like that because he wouldn't think that. He talked yeah. like that, but he turned street. So as he went upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so he was like, he said, I, he said, let me tell you something. He said, um, he said, who teaches the lion? No, he said, he said, who's the king of the jungle? 
And I was like, the lion. He said, who teaches the lion? I said, the lioness. And then he was like, he looked at me like that. He said, a man can't never tell you shit. If you listen to no man, they don't know nothing. They don't know nothing, he said. Just go ahead and just tell you what he told me. He said, they don't know nothing. He said, it's the woman that has to heal herself, and then she has to go out and heal. And he told me that he was starting something where he wants to teach a lot of women how to heal. Heal their wounds to help heal other people. It was the Bolingo, the Bolingo, um, something that he was putting together. And I remember one of his workers in his office, he was a Mexican guy, he came in and he, um, he I guess he was drawing out the logo for the company. And he looked at the company, he looked at the logo and he looked at the logo and he was like, he told the other guy that was in the room, he was like, who does it look like? And the guy was like, it looks like her right there talking about me. He was like, I knew it was you. He said, you were my mama. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, mama, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Mama. He was like, yeah. He was like, you my mama. So I guess what he meant is that when I showed up, it was like a reincarnation. It's like, you know how if you're in a spiritual realm, you know how the spirit of that person can utilize your vessel and you recognize who you were. And he wanted me to help with his company and stuff like that. Like, he wanted, he wanted to teach me some things for me to go out and heal. That's what he, he said, that's what Lisa told me. That he directed it to him for him to teach me and for me to go out with people. Kill myself to help heal others. So was it pretty much that time period where you pretty much put two and two together as far as the business? And was that part of the motivation to get to for you to leave? Or were you still entrenched in it and you weren't ready to leave at that point? I still wasn't. Um, I knew I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave, but I still had shit popping because I was off. Once I did telephone, I was no longer writing R&B. Like, I went strictly to the dance world. I was working a lot with um, junior IV artists. I was at it was spoke a lot. So I was working with um Zed. I was the first I was the first songwriter Zed ever even worked with when he came to the States. Mm-hmm. Like 15. I mean Zed used to knock out records. I was working with Sweetie Toss Mafia. I didn't even know how to do dance records. I remember I used to hear la da la da I didn't even know how I was doing. But when I went in there and did it, I know what I was doing. They liked it. So he had me working with everybody from um Cascade, like all the big dance people. All the big, yeah, 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 yeah. That's when the dubstep thing yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just took off in the dance world. So that's how I, you know, I I was no longer writing even R&B anymore, pretty much. Like, it was, R&B didn't really get me paid. Even though I love R&B, but it was just like, they just took me and just whoosh, put it over there. Okay, so let's say the obvious. Urban, urban music doesn't, mm-hmm. it's nothing like the pop and the rock and uh, no. okay. not in that world but you'll love to create it though because it, it made your soul feel good you know what I mean mm-hmm. but getting a check nah it wasn't popping like that the, the, the pop records was popping like that you know okay. pop music and stuff like that. so for you what was the last straw The last draw when I, because I, I was taking L's like left and right. I was just taking, I'm like, okay, they got me. Because everybody takes L's in there. But you'd be like, they got me. Let me just try to make this next hit so I blow up and then I can shit on them. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. think like that. 
But what got me, what made me really, really like say fuck it, is when Rodney, I had did all those songs for Extreme Actually, I recorded like 72 songs. And I remember, because he hit me, he got me at a like a hard time when I was like broke. They had no money. And so I needed I needed um some money. Because my the signing bill money, the bonus, you know, they give you that bonus signing fee, that's just crying out. Mm-hmm. But I a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. So I needed to, you know get my bread up. And so he was like, yo, I pay you $500 per song. And he wanted me to do all these songs. I was like, okay, $500, I'll do that. And I, said, I ain't going to write nothing dope. I'm going to just write some of these old records. I'm going to just throw this shit away, you know. But even my old whack records be dope records. You know what I mean? So he said, I asked him, I said, is it royalties involved? Because I wouldn't have never did it if it wasn't royalties involved. If, if, if I got, if it was he told me it was never royalties was not gonna be involved. He was like, it's a flat out deal, black fee, you don't have to worry about anything. And he was like, no royalties. I'm like, you sure? I remember I looked at him, like, you sure? He was like, he gave me the straight face. He was like, there's no royalties in it. And I remember I recorded all those songs. I used to hear them all on the TV shows and stuff like that. And there was somebody I'll never mention who told me this, because I have told this type, because he looked out for me. When he brought me to the side, he was like, yo, all that shit is with Joy's Joy, his wife. And I was, and she getting royalty. I was like, oh, really? Because I never did really like his wife, but she was, she was very fake. I used to, you know, she was just. Uh, yeah, I've met her a couple of times. Yeah, when, like, when after, like, they first got married, I, we were like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She often, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, when I found out she had, she was getting paid. Then that's when I was like, oh, hell no. When I found out that, I, I kept it in for a good minute. I, just, I still didn't say nothing. I played mm-hmm. dumb for a good minute. Mm-hmm. And it was one day I was like, oh, fuck no. They got me bent. So I remember I called up Rodney. I was like, yeah. Because he started, like, after I recorded all those songs, he kind of, like, threw me away. You know what I mean? He was just like, he wouldn't let me come to the studio to write. He would, and he could get funny at it. Like, you never know what, he, what makes him mad. He had, like, a moment in it. I mean, like a, a straight up panty liner. He'd be cool with you one day, get back because you don't work with somebody in a different studio or whatever, and then he don't want you to come to his studio. I don't know. He, whatever takes him off that day. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be real cool to you. And then he'd tell you, come over. My kid's having a birthday party. I would, he, it's whatever. But when I found out, like when I couldn't hold it no more, I hit him up. I was like, yeah. And I just let it out. And he was like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, you know what? Okay, you sorry. Give me out that deal. Give me out that contract. He was like, all right, all right. I want, let me work on some things. Let me work on some stuff. And just give me a minute. And I was like, all right, cool. So I was giving him a minute. I was just like, okay. A month went by. He was still saying, he was acting like he was giving, sending messages to Sony, Katie, I guess whoever Katie was at the time. Mm-hmm. And put me on an email. I need to speak with, you know, concerning her deal, whatever, whatever. But they was, I, I'm pretty sure they got on the phone, like, this is how we're going to play it. We're going to make it seem, you know, that bullshit. So, anyway, he didn't do it. So I was like, you know what? Another me being quiet, he started avoiding me. He started, like, not picking up my phone calls. I said, okay, well, I'm going public. And I don't care. I'm telling everything. You, you, you need to be my money. You need, you need to send that shit right back over to me. Because he told me that. It wasn't no royalties. Now I would take it out. Now if he would have told me it was royalties and I still gave it up, 
I had to, I had to just take that as a, a slap on the face and just yeah. take it. But he lied and he said that it was no royalty. And I was hearing that music on all the, I heard, I hear still to this day, it was so crazy because I, I was like, I don't even feel like dealing with these people anymore. Let me just get my bag. Like, I'm not even worried about this little dumb shit. And I was like, I'm not even going, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to back out on slide. Like, I told him I was going to do it, but I really don't feel like doing a bullshit. I was on YouTube and this show come on called Last Resort because I was looking at YouTube. Yeah. And then I hear, I say, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> and then I hear another joint I did. And then I, they had like four songs in that one episode of me. And I was like, nah, I gotta go through it. I gotta go through it, and um, I can't stop because that was just confirmation. Like, nah, you can't. Nah, you, you got a story. You you just didn't just write one song. Like, you you responsible for the sound out now. You responsible for you you, you put in a lot of work. Don't nobody know what you really. Don't nobody even know you like that. Because I never even like I wasn't the songwriter that just took it to the next level. Like visually, like put myself out there. Like, want to be on reality. I used to turn down reality TV shows. I'm like, no, that's a setup. I knew it was a setup. I used to watch, I was an analyzer. I used to watch everybody in the room, like, even at the parties, because I already know they watch you. You know what I mean? They watch you to see what your weaknesses is, what your weaknesses are, you know, what they can see, because then they watch you for, because you don't even know they watch you. They'll put you in situations, but right. they watch you just to know how they're going to come at you. But I think they always, I used to try to, I don't know, because a lot of people in the industry be very intuitive. Because if you notice that, one thing I do learn, what I, I did find out about that world is that it's nothing but warlock and witches. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing but spells. You feel me? So everybody doing spells. Everybody want to do spells to get money. Everybody want to do spells to, you know, sing. Everybody want to do, you know, it's like, okay, so now you got to know the game. You got you to know the game. You go, okay, what is this, you know? Everybody getting readings. Everybody's doing that's all it is. That's mm -hmm. a bunch of steps. So, um, yeah, it's so crazy that I'm talking about this shit because I don't do this slide. I do not do this. I'm so low key. But I, the parties that they invited me to, the last party I actually went to was, um, what's the guy that sings? Standing with me. That dude, that, um, what's his name? Sam. You know that stay with me. The white boy? Yeah, the white Sam boy. Sam Smith? Sam Smith, that's, let me tell you something. Literally that night, I was told to go to his Grammy after, because I guess he got a credit for that night. Yeah, he did, Rodney yeah. Was on that. Rodney got credit for that song, because I guess he changed, he didn't do the beat, but I guess he changed his strings and shit, so he said he didn't get credit, so he was up for another Grammy since Telephone. And uh, so it was an after party they wanted me to come to, but the people that invited me, they didn't even want me to invite my husband. And I was like, why is it so strange? Why don't want me to invite my husband? You know, like, and I remember my husband was just like, no, nah, you ain't scared, just go up there, so what? You already know what they're doing? I was like, all right. But then I was kind of nervous, sorry, you about to sacrifice you. And I was like, is this the day they're going to try to get me? Is this the day? I, you know, I was just like, you know what I mean? And Whitney Houston was already coming to me, and I was already knew she had passed away. Uh -huh. It was like a year anniversary. And I remember I heard about her daughter. They said her daughter was in a coma. Uh -huh. it was on a, I think it was February 11th. Like, that's all I was just like. It was always, I was already like, kind of like, what's going on? I was nervous. I had to take a bath. I was sitting in the tub, like, just, just thinking all these thoughts. Cause you got to think in that world. You can't just be loose with it out here like that. You start putting two and two together. You got to watch the moves. Yeah. So I remember, and then he said, oh, we're inviting you to this party. 
meet me at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So I was like, Beverly Hills Hotel? That's what nothing the hotel that she died in? I was like, why do you want me to come there? <laughs> I was like, why do you want me to come there? I'm nervous. I don't even tell my husband like my thoughts in my head, right? Yeah, yeah. My heart being real fast, like I'm like, oh no, but I'm like, why do you want me to come in? I was like, all right. So I remember I said, I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drink no wine. Right. I didn't. I'm not even gonna smoke no weed. Okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be totally alert. Okay. <laughs> so I need to be alert. I need to pay attention. So I was, I remember I started talking to Whitney right there in that tub. I was like, what they got going on? Will you tell me something? What they got going on? What they got? Why they want me there? Why they don't want him coming? You know? And so I go, we at the time we lived in the high rise condo. So when, you know, you got to go down to the lobby to get to the garage, get your car. So I get dressed up. My husband's about to take me to the Beverly Hills. So I tell you about dropping me off. As I'm going, um, as I'm, we get down out the elevator into the lobby, I hear, you remember that song, How Will I Know? But it was on that part. It said, don't. It said, how do I know? But it was like, don't trust the feeling. And I was like, what you talking about? Yikes. She telling me something right there. I know to pay, I know how to pay attention. So she, I was like, that part that I heard her song was, how will I know? Don't trust the feeling. So I'm really all kind of annoyed a little bit. You know what I mean? But I end up going. But I was on, I was, that was the first time I ever went to a, a Grammy after party in the hills. You know what I mean? And I remember the address. He, I, I had to meet them at Beverly Hills Hotel. And then he had introduced me to another artist. She was there waiting on me. But she was dressed in all black. Right, she wanted to see what my hand was. She was like, so are you crystals? Because I already knew I was earthy. So mm-hmm. they, they would talk my language, try to see if I opened up and they talk my language. And I'm still signing out because I already know what it is. Like, I'm already knowing what it is. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I like this because I'm, I'm a nature. I'm a nature. I'm like, I'm, I'm a nature drum. I love nature. And so he was like, we're going to go to the party because he didn't give my husband the address. We just met at the hotel, the Beverly Hills Hotel, to take me to the party in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just numbers and shit like that. So I remember the ad. When I get up there, the address says 777. I was like, oh, shit. So now I'm like, why do you want me to come to a house and say 777 is the address? So I'm just putting two and two together. And then I get into the party. And I tell you, everybody was up in Everybody was up in there. Like, you got Hollywood, but then you have a Hollywood. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those the, the, the old heads, the ones that start looking real weird, the hunchback, like you know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying I'm just like No, I know I yo, you talking we, they, they they look weird and they don't even look human. You know, some of them people that be in them parties don't even look human, like seriously, like yeah. just weird and you can feel them and they be having all them big old rubies on their hand because they 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 high level witches sorcerers and so they already know what they didn't know what stuff they are listen you know if you in if you know what it is you into the know you know what it is yeah yeah everybody was in that party that night and i remember i was on guard like that whole night and i was just i remember who was up in that party i couldn't believe some of the stuff that i was seeing like taylor swift what she was getting fingered like right in front of the it didn't i was like what I was like, oh shit, just drunk swollen around there. Rita Wilson, drunk, just strolling. I was just like, oh, they really get down like this. 
certain people in other rooms, you know, because it was a big, huge mansion. Right. Party, they party nice, though. They got, you know, got good food, good drinks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Remember, Dougie Fresh was there. Doug, I couldn't believe Dougie Fresh was there. But he was there. He came in like, you could tell that he knew what the what's up was, too. You know what I'm saying? He came in to just show his face like, hey, what's up? But he wasn't on no weird shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wasn't mm-hmm. on shit. But everybody was, you know, a lot of people in there was on some weird shit. That's the first time I ever went, the first and the last time. And I was even, I was already contemplating an accident out that industry then because I was just getting visions and shit like that. Some shit I don't even want to speak on because I don't even want to. No, of course. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. Would you let your children? Well, and I'm, and I'm, I'm asking because with all the wisdom and knowledge you've attained in the business, would you allow your children to be in the business, not as an artist per se, but maybe on the management side, on, on, on behind the scenes? No. Not at all. On, on, in no level. No level. No level. Because it's not fair. It's not right. You know what I mean? It's, it's some bullshit. Like, I feel like the system is, it needs to be rebuilt. Like, the structure is off. You know what I mean? Like, like cut out the bullshit with the, you want you sign your mind, somebody got to go on your lineage. Like, people are pulling from your lineage. That's, that's what, first of all, I believe they don't let you win unless you're from a, a bloodline anyway. They don't just let anybody come up in that world. That's why nobody really get, it's hard to get up in that shit. You know what I mean? Extremely hard, right. I remember my grandpa, my grandpa passed away and his sister passed away first. This is when I really started putting to it. I was just, everything was, everything was coming to life. Everything was coming to the life. And I remember like, and my, my grandpa's sister's funeral, she had the boule there. You know, she was well respected in her town and shit. And I was like, the boule, now this is making sense. Now this, like a bloodline, part of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't know that shit. I didn't know that. I'm thinking, oh, I'm manifesting, you know what I mean? But if you're part of Bloodline, they'll let you in. But I kind of think in the industry that they knew that I was, like, there's a lot of intuitive people that got gifts in that industry because they're musical, they're musical, they can hear, you know what I mean? They get mm-hmm. and they can see, too. Mm-hmm. I kind of think they knew. When they look at me, they can tell something's different, like, oh, I can't go be for the overdose. You're going to change up at the last minute. I think Puff Daddy knew that about it when he seen me. Because I remember he came to the studio. That's when he was working on Last Train Paris. And uh, Ronnie was like, yo, I got this dope song that this artist, I mean, this writer I had named Rosante. I redid, um, what's that song? I forgot whose song it was. Died in Your Arms. Died in Your Arms tonight. That joint, I redid it. And I remember Puff Daddy came to the studio. He came, he flew in town just to hear that joint. And I was like, I remember he came in, and I remember I had my back towards the, um, I had my back towards the, and I wasn't going to speak until, once, I wasn't going to speak at first. I was going to wait until I got introduced. I wasn't going to be like, hey, you know what I mean? I was like, I had my back turned, like, straight. My back was facing him. And then when Rodney was like, Rosante, and I turned around, and I looked at him, Giddy. He looked at me, he gave me this weird look. But I knew what he was thinking. It's like he knew, he knew what I, in that moment of time when we looked at each other, he knew that I knew, he knew that I knew. He knew that I knew him, meaning I, I could see him. 
And we knew that. And when Ronnie played that song, he was like, yo, this song is powerful. To this day, I still think that he wanted to do that song, but he couldn't do that song because he was too careful for his soul to sing. He couldn't, he loved it, but he, he couldn't deliver it. So let me ask you, um, Kanye rant, uh, went on a rant about changing the music business. Mm-hmm. Sounds nice. But the reality is, do you ever see the business? I, I personally don't, but I, I'm curious. To, what are your thoughts? Given everything you've been through. That's one person I fucked with. I ain't gave up on Kanye. I ain't gave up on Kanye because I know Kanye's something. Even though he goes through his bullshit, he might, you know, cry shit. But people got to really try to understand him. It's not that he's crying. It's basically like, this shit is fucked up in this industry. You can't, you can't nobody be saying this bullshit. It's like, it's just too much. Like, how do you be saying that? Word? Like, I think, I feel like Kanye, he's just, you know, he has a lot to say. He's on a mission. And they shut him up from time to time. And then he get back, he get his strength back again. And he go back out there and say what he needs to say. He like, He's trying to kill us. <laughs> well, that, that was my next question. Do you think it's a suicide mission to basically, and I don't mean suicide yeah, but, in that, but I mean, it's like, it's like, nigga, stop. You, you're not, you're not going to, you're well, not these people. I think, I think they can't kill him. This is just me. I don't think you got nothing to worry about. Some people you just can't do nothing to. They would have to do something to Michael Jackson. They would have to do something to Whitney. They would have to do certain, you know, Certain people, no matter how they try, and he got that. I don't know who watching over. I don't know if it's Donda. He ain't going nowhere. He can't be touched. So he knows that he has to. To me, this is just me talking. He. I don't even want to tell his secrets because I don't even want to put them out there. They no, might then, no, that's okay. He knows what he got to do. But do you he think he'll do it. it? Huh? Do you think he'll do it, though? He's doing it. It's because of Kanye. I'm talking now. Okay. You know? I can't, I can't just let them go, do that, go out, put themselves out there, and I know what it is, and I know what I experience. And I, when I was trying to come out, nobody had my back. When I tell you, nobody had my back. And I was talking for the whole team. Now one person said, Levante, thank you for doing standing up to Rodney. No, and he had a whole bunch of people in it. No, it, let me take that back. It was one person. And I respect him on all levels. It was Bob. It was a producer named Bob. But I hit me up like, yo, you doing something like I respect you. And that goes one way with me. But all them other people I was writing for, all these other writers that they be crying and Rodney had, you know, all these Victoria Monet. Let me tell you something. I wasn't gonna tell this story, but I was like, nah. She's doing her thing now, but I'm gonna tell this story because we ain't gonna, we're not gonna not talk about the shit. We're gonna talk about it. I remember she started off in a group called Purple Rain, which was signed to Rodney, and Joy was managing them. His wife was managing them. It was three girls, and I remember, I guess some shit went down. I guess he was trying to like hit on her. I guess something they had on the low going on, or whatever. And the wife found out about it. <clears throat> And Joy came in that studio, you know, tearing down his plaques, going, yeah, going in on him, you know what I mean? And he told everybody in that studio, if y'all tell anything, I'm a black ball. 
So he told all the writers, like, they're like, everybody was like, why are you going to try to do that? We don't got nothing to do with that. That's him being messy. Why, why are you trying to block our careers? It's because he got caught in some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She can't talk about this shit because they made her sign some shit that, they made her sign some shit that she can't never speak on the shit, and then she got to give joy some publishing. And the shit that she's doing now, she still got to give joy some publishing. Jeez. And I started joy. I sure did, because I told you to sign that shit back over to me, and you still acting like you don't know no that. Anyway, I ain't trying to throw Victoria um, out there like that, but it was so crazy because she she come she was innocent, even though she was still she was young. You know what I mean? Like she was young. What is he doing? Like messing with this young girl in the first place? Like. And you know they don't know no better being coming in young like that. They don't really know no better. They think they do. They don't really know no better. I remember he used to make her dance over. I remember one time I was in the lounge, and she used to choreograph. So she choreographed for the group because they was trying to get a deal, and so he was just getting those crap to make all this. She used to do dance steps for the, the group. So she used to be in there doing the dance steps. She used to make her do it over and over and over again. Do it again. And I remember I was just sitting in there, and I was like, "Why do people make her do it again?" She's like, "I'm tired." And he was like. Do it again. Like, do it again. As soon as you know, doing all that kind of, you know, doing all, he just like watching her dance. And I was like, look at this nigga. Why do I keep on like making her dance like that? Making, but I didn't. I didn't know they had something going on, or he was interested in her. I didn't know at the time. I just thought it was kind of strange that he kept on making her do it over and over and over again and get turned on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when he told her, when all that shit happened, they was just basically like her career was up. We're gonna blood bond. You know what I'm saying? So she just. Everybody, she was missing. She was missing. She was because she wanted to kill herself. That's what it really was. She was she was on her way to kill herself. And so I remember I had a dream about it. And I was like, I came up to her, I was like, you know what? It, it showed me very clear, it showed me on her, her on the stage. And out of the three girls, she the only one that blew up. She took off. And I was like, yo, I was like, I remember I told her, I was like, I had a dream about you. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, I was like. Out of all the three girls, you're going to be the one that blow up. Now, one of the girls sing backgrounds for uh, Jennifer Hudson. And I don't know whatever happened to the other girl from New York. I don't know what happened to her. But I know now that I'm sitting back looking at it, I'm like, I told you you was the only one going to blow up. But it's crazy because none of these people will ever reach out to me. They act like Everybody stay away from me. Okay. Like, I'm not the person that go talk and throw everybody's shit out there. I don't move like that. But it's like now it's like 2020. It's like why are y'all even still quiet? This industry's done now. Why are y'all even still want to be? Why y'all still want to go to the Grammys? Like, do y'all are y'all gonna stand up for any goddamn thing? Y'all gonna keep on taking L's and just acting like y'all happy? You get what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, nah. Somebody gonna tell y'all. Story. Matter of fact, don't call me this time. Don't tell. Don't tell me to not talk about something. Because she told me last time. She's like, can you not talk about it? And I respected it. That was like four years ago. But I'm like, nah. Nah, talk about it. Okay. And it's not even her, and I'm not talking about her in a bad light. Right. She didn't do anything to me, you know what I mean? It's him that, you know. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Your feelings about former music business, uh, music business artists and, and industry uh, insiders uh, exposing the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people come out and expose the business it, but it's it's for nefarious reasons they're not genuine um yeah, i know yeah, yeah yeah what what are your thoughts on people like that because 
Respect. You can tell somebody really want to make a change, and then okay. you can tell somebody want to check. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't care about no check. No, 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 no. Let me take that back. <laughs> okay, that. But I'm not. I'm not ill will like that. I'm not the person to tell me you need this money. You want me to tell you? I'm not. I'm like it's some change that need to be made. This shit is fucked up. Francis like Jaguar right. When I seen her come out and do what she do, I knew she wasn't lying. You could tell she's not lying. Okay, right. I thought it was a duty for me. I was like, I can't. How am I sitting up here feeling everything she's saying, knowing she ain't lying, and then letting her hold her own like that? Like, I feel like the, the more we stand up, the more changes can be made. But if everybody's still scared, like, why are y'all still scared now? Twenty twenty, y'all. Like, I know they can like take take you out of here, but kind of But why are you even scared to die? Like, come on, like, why? You know, Jaguar, mm-hmm. right? I really respect what she's doing. Now, I went over. To, I had the phase where I wanted to cuss everybody out. Like, you know, my my fight is not like hers. You know what I mean? I, I don't have. I, however, she got a fight. However, she got a fight. I'm not knocking her. I'm not saying she shouldn't be yelling. She shouldn't be screaming because you told me you want to fight and you don't want to scream. You know well, what I mean? I let that shit off. You know, well, what I mean? like you said, it's it's a different fight. It's a different I, I've noticed her fight is more there's abuse and trauma. Yeah. And I, I know people's other fights are a money based driven because they're owed something or they've been shorted or whatever or a bad deal. Let yeah. me ask you this. Your initial publishing deal with Rodney, how many songs was it for? Ooh, I gotta look at that contract again. That's why I, mm. this no I can't this no that they told me I can never get out of it. Never? Never. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I remember since Ronnie didn't let me out, I remember I had went up to um I had went up to uh Sony ATV. And I went I had um actually I went to Sony ATV used to invite me to the Christmas parties and I remember Jim Delicato, he was one of the ARs up there. He helped people work and stuff like that. Jim actually like he understood the way I write, so he saw his group for me. Mm-hmm. So that's the person who I went to. And I remember he was at the party, he was like, Well Jonathan, let me introduce you to um the person who writes the contracts for phone. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I need to see. Come to talk to him, tell him to get me on my deal. Mm-hmm. The party wasn't moving. So I was like, let me go to them, thinking maybe that's how I should do it. Right. So I remember, now mind you, I had just came back in town that night because I left from my aunt's funeral. And it was something about when I left from her funeral, I believe her spirit came over me because I remember when I went to that party with my husband at that party, I told my husband, I said, I live for him. And, I, I, and I'm not trying to make something like I'm this big, bad wolf, like I'm going beat up everybody, but I just knew that night, mm-hmm. everybody could have got it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody could have got it. So I remember um, I told my husband, I said, listen, if it gets physical, don't stop me. Let me do what I gotta do. You hear me? And he was just like, "All right, you know what I mean." I said, "Don't stop me. Just let me do what I gotta do." So I remember, I was already, I already had my like the spirit of my aunt on me. You know what I mean? Because that that aunt that passed away, she was she can beat up man. She didn't play. She didn't, everybody know that you don't mess with JB. You know what I mean? Because JB would give it to you. So anyway, I went to that party, and I remember Jim Dillon He introduced me to the guy. I forgot his name. But um, he was the one that writes for me contracts and stuff. He was a lawyer. He, was, he did something that he was well respected. 
So I remember I went to this museum. I was like, oh, yeah, you're the one. That's who I need to see you. So I sat down. I was like, how are you? You know, he was like, I'm good, you know. And Jim was like, yo, she wrote telephone. She did this. She's an awesome writer. This. He was like, okay, yeah. You know, and so anyway, I was like, I kept on. I did the, you know, the silly. Because I, I already know what I was about to do. So I did a couple purple. I kept on writing back and forth. I kept rocking back and forth like silly. I was like, oh, I know what I'm about to do. I was like, he was like, I said, I need to talk to you. He said, he said, okay. And then he avoided me, like, you know, but I was like, I don't know, I need to talk to you. Because I was sitting right across from him. Because everybody was coming to him, you know, talking. He had, you know, he had a lot going on. He was like, okay. But I was still going, I was just looking at him like this. And I was like, Cause I was like, I'm if I'm gonna go if I'm gonna go in, you know how you get like if you gonna go in, you gonna, <laughs> if you gonna go in, yeah, you gonna go in, you know what I mean? Right. What happened, happened. So I was just rocking back and forth, like gearing myself up, like you know. I said, so I was like, I need to talk to you, and he was like, What is it? You know what I'm saying? He, he gave me that kind of feel. He was like, What do you want? I was like, I need to get out of my contract. I went on my contract. He said, who are you signed with? And I was like, you know, I was like, Rodney. He was like, oh, Rodney. They don't never expect, right? Everybody laugh about Rodney behind him. I'm saying every, everybody can't, everybody. They respect him in his face, but they talk about him and his daddy like a dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, mm-hmm. oh, Rodney and his dad. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I need to get out my contract. And he was like, well, come see me in my office, you know? And I was like, um, he told me, he was, he was like, we talking in my office. I said, no, we talking now. Like, we're talking in your office. I won't go to your office. We talking now. I need to get out that contract. You can tell me we're going to make this shit happen. Like, we can make this shit. You can just tell me what you're going to do. And then we can just, you know, we can start mm-hmm. the process. You know, I wasn't trying to talk to you in the office. And so he was like, we can talk. We can talk about this in my office. And I remember it was this other, I, it was other producer. I ain't going to say nothing, but. I remember the way he looked at my husband like it was a black dude and he was like he gave my husband look like you know what I'm saying and I remember yeah. the other black dude was like yo she yo she oh that's what I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about like she yo she talking to this dude like you know because it was looking like the other dude was looking like yo you better talk like this she fucking shit up for us won't you shut her ass up that he didn't say those words but that's what the look he gave he like he wanted to wring my neck Right there and there for me talking, but my husband right there, you know, you, you couldn't just see nothing good. You know what I'm saying? My husband right there. It's like he wanted to snatch me up. That's how, that's nothing that kind of like hurt me. Because here I am fighting for everybody, got everybody in this goddamn party, even him, without him even knowing. I'm like trying to stand up to some shit. Like, no, like enough is enough. <laughs> anyway, he was like, we'll talk about it at the office. So I was like, he was like, he told, he was like, he told his assistant, he was like, she's going to come see me. And he was like, this is her name. And so when she calls me, we're going to set, set an appointment for her to come see me. So when I try to call up to the office, um, they always give me the runaround. So I had to think smart because I remember I had an old head friend, an old lady friend that, like, well, nobody knew she was a Jewish, she was a Jewish woman. She was from Morocco. But her mom was Jewish and her dad was from Morocco. Okay. And she was, she was taught by a Jewish rabbi. And she had to escape. She was married to a Jewish rabbi. But she had to escape him. All the way from Morocco, she ended up in New York. Had she homeless for 10 years, tried to dodge because they couldn't find her anywhere she go. And I remember I met her through Dr. Blair. I don't know if you remember Dr. Deborah Blair. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he was one of my mentors. Like me and Dr. Gregory talked to him all the time when I was in that industry. He was like, well, they're all playing rock for So that's who I used to go talk to when I didn't have, like when nobody understood my journey. I saw Dr. Glenn, I was like, Dr. Glenn, just, I, I needed him to help me figure out some shit. That's how really, for real, for real, how I was figuring out a lot of shit was Dr. Blair. And I remember he introduced me to this lady and she was able to go to like, she was a black woman. She was, you know, she wasn't like the dude that you think you see, the Jewish people that you, you know, you see, you know, she was like, oh, she had nice, she was an African, like, you know, nice, she was beautiful. But she was able to go into those synagogues in um, Hollywood, like those synagogues that's out there on, on the brand. She was able to yeah. go up there. She had the last name COVID. So she's telling me everything. She used to look out for me, put like that. She was to look out for me and give me shit, you know, give me shit that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she, so I, some made me think I was like, well, maybe let me call this office and make the appointment and let me say my name is Katie Cohen. And let's see if he responds. Because they, they, they got to respond to their own. You know what I'm saying? They got to respond all different way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I did. I was like, let uh, me call the secretary. I was like, yeah. She was like, hold on. I was like, can you tell Mrs. Katie Cohen? He got on that phone, like, he said, he said hello. I said, I knew how to get you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I, had, I had, I mean, because you got to think, you know, you got to think. Yeah. I knew how to get you. I knew you'd pick up the phone. He was like, who's, I said, this was Johnson. And he was like, he said, Okay, what is it? What is it? What is it? I said, you, we, we're supposed to have a meeting, you remember? Because he said, you, you know, we were going to talk about the contract. And then he was like, okay, well, come up to the office. This, this, this. He made it seem like he was going to meet with me. He set the appointment up. But then he was not there. He introduced me to back to Jim Villatato. And when I sat in Jim's office, I was like, Jim, you know, Ryan said he was going to let me out the deal. He did. So I'm coming to y'all let me out this deal. I don't owe y'all no money. You know what I mean? Like, I don't owe y'all anything. Y'all can let me out. I've been here. I'm not getting no work from y'all. It's just like, what do y'all need me for? And he told me, you don't let you out of here. You can never get out of here. And that's something clicking to me like, the way he said it was like, it was so devilish. Like, yeah. we don't let you go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember I was like, and I remember I had my nephew with me. He was a young boy. I had my nephew. He was a baby. He was like three at the time. And I remember my nephew didn't even know what he was going for. Just spilled his coffee on his, his cup, like tilted it over. I think my nephew knew spiritually. You know what I'm saying? That's why he did that. But my nephew just made it pour out. And I was just like, oh, you're not letting me out the deal. So I knew right there to stop it. I knew what type of spirit it was. I knew I don't even talk about it. And I remember I looked. I said, I'm going to get out this deal. I'm going to and that's, and that's when I started meditating even more. And that's when Michael Jackson, because then I started to know that, don't you know Michael Jackson owned your publisher? I was like, how Michael Jackson on my publisher? Because Michael Jackson owned Sony ATV. I was like, oh, okay. So I used to like ask Michael Jackson to spirit. I was like, show me how to get out. And then that's when I started, I met this girl. Um, the first lady that did my interview, she was on, she was on the same uh, journey. Mm-hmm. Started knowing about contracts and law and shit like that. So, of course, you go to the Moors first because you're like, okay, you start knowing about nationality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I start studying about authentication and birth certificate, basically, all the 
But that's what Michael Jackson affected. You know, they took their hips and they to start owning back their shit. So basically, in spirit, Michael Jackson brought people to me. I feel like since I, I asked, I called on him spiritually, he ended up showing me how to maneuver. And then I had to do it. Without saying everything, I didn't say You know what I mean? But gotcha. Let me let me ask you this. Um, I don't know about you, but I always get inundated with people that uh, the business has appeal. Okay, yeah. it's the, the 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 lines to get into the business always wrapped around the block. Yeah, yeah. When people come to you and ask, "Hey, how can I get in? What, what I got to do? I don't want to be that big, but I want to be semi big." Do you give them advice? Oh, yeah. I always tell them, because see, I always be like, well, if you want to enter in, there's a price you have to pay. Somebody got to go. Okay. Don't ever think, don't ever think nobody got to go. And nine times out of ten, you're going to take somebody you love. It's, it's somebody you love. Do they believe you when you tell them that? Oh. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> see, I don't be wrong when I, I don't play with people so. Yeah. I don't just be around here telling people shit. Just to say like, oh, I know. No, when I say some shit, don't take place. If I tell you that, what it is, what I got spirit, I I can hear very clear. Trust mm-hmm. me. And people know that they know I'm that deal when it comes to that spiritual realm because they know I can hear, and they know what I told them to come to true. They don't ever want to listen. No, they never do. I I agree. I they agree. know it. And then they think they're gonna. I'll be able to protect myself. You can't protect. You can't protect yourself from that. And I don't knock people's spiritual beliefs. I'm like, you're going to need a little bit more of Jesus. Say that again, I'm please. I'm going Jesus. Because they know Jesus' magic only goes certain. It, it, it can be powerful on your level of belief, but I'm going to tell you right now. The ancestors came to me because <laughs> they knew what time it was that them people was after me. I didn't even know nothing about this stuff. These people came to me in dreams. You know what I mean? It showed up through my dreams, through my wake state. was presenting me in my face. It wasn't like it was just a dream. No. It was a dream, and then they showed up in my wake state. Like, literally, like someone some supernatural shit. That's why I tell people, they can say I'm crazy. They can say all this bullshit all they want. I know what I've seen, and I know what I know, and I know this, this, is, this is a very eerie planet we live on. And don't you think it's just um, what they tell you? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't been, I don't been to Australia. I, I don't, when I, I had a baby, I had to go over to Australia just to have my baby. I had to, I had to jump shit. Oh, wow. I had to hide. I had to go hide with the aborigines just to push out my baby. You hear me? So it's like, I'm not, you can't scare me. I don't walk with no gun. Mm-mm. And I don't look back. I don't look back when I walk. Mm-mm. I'm not, I, I don't, I've been in too many situations when it was coming from my head and it can't touch you. All they can do is just hover around trying to put some fear in you. But then after you can do so much shit, you don't need to be scared no more. Right. You already know their next move. You already know what they're going to do. If only, you will only know if you pay attention how they move. If you look at this shit like TV and all that bullshit, they lie to you so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta be able to read that shit. You gotta be able to pay attention. Cause they talking codes. They tell you what they're doing. They even let you know you up next if you pay attention. Yeah. 
That's why everybody know before they they know they, they know they about to go. They be nervous. They just playing a role like they happy and they kicking and stuff. I know everybody in there nervous right now. Everybody nervous, but they be playing around like they getting it, talking about money like they getting it. But they know y'all know y'all scared. Y'all know y'all nervous. What y'all want to give with that baby? Y'all want to give it to a baby, huh? So you try to befriend somebody else, or you will give up your baby. You know what I mean? They, they give up a baby in the heartbeat. And they're playing like some. Listen, it's real, and I don't got to sit here and lie. So I, they know. I have friends. They know. They don't talk, I don't talk to them no more because once I tell them again, I'll be like, I never let up. Like it's been the same thing since I found out about everything. You can't do nothing to protect yourself. You only can buy yourself time. You only can buy yourself. I you don't even. I don't even. Yeah. I don't even bother telling people anymore because it's just like you gotta see for yourself. I don't no more. Yeah. Ain't no need. Before I wrap they this up, they want talking to you. They want you to go crazy. Like I don't got time for. They know. They know me, and they know. Yeah. They know what I stand for. My story ain't never changed. I ain't never changed. I've been on my mission since I woke up, and still been on my mission. It ain't giving up. Now I ain't, I ain't out here. Now at first I was telling, oh everybody wake up. <laughs> let me let me ask you this before I wrap this up. Uh-huh. How much money do you say do you think? Um, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to ask you how much you think you've generated because that's unt- untold tens of oh, millions. Oh, my bloodline sure. goes strong. This is a, actually I did this from my dad because my dad they really did my dad. Like, my dad was responsible for a lot of stuff. Like even I believe in miracles. But he did I can beat you dancing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, my dad was cold. You know what I mean? I did this. Hold on, let me show you. Because I told him that I was going to do it for him. This is Lonzo. Okay. This is my father. Hold on. This is my father. Back. My dad was that deal. I didn't even know how cold my dad was. Mm-hmm. And they gotta pay up. Some gotta give. I did this for my father because I'm like, nah, like our bloodline goes strong. I, I come from a very, 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 you know, ancient bloodline and um I'm connected to a lot of people in that industry that's very potent and powerful now. Mm-hmm. We just from that we come from the same bloodline and they know who they are and they know that I know who they are, but they don't wanna recognize me because I don't, I don't fuck them. I would never fuck you. But so, let me tell you something. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of money. A lot of money in the top of piping that for my lineage. How much do you think? Well, I, I'm sure you have yeah, a like <laughs> Well, no, I'm sure you have a, a, a figure in, head, in mind. How much do, do you. If you can go back to. If you can go back to. Old time rock and roll. How much do you think that that once over long generated? Oh God! I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, final question about Rodney. How much does he owe you? Now I just heard. <laughs> 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 now, now I'm hearing songs on own network, Oprah, Oprah network. Now, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You owe me a lot of money. You owe me a lot of money. 
calculate 72 songs that's in heavy rotation in the sync world. So we're talking mechanical, sync, performance. I mean, the royalties alone. Yeah. You know what he got to do. So, I don't even know why he just won't give it up. I don't even know why he just was like, I don't even know why he just won't just be like, you know what? Because if he turned over a new leaf, he don't be lad talking. I'm like, oh, come on. This dude don't be lad. He don't be lad talking. Let's not talk to be lad. Let's talk to, boy, come talk on your show. Because let's talk to the real ones, not the ones that's been bought paid for on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Not the ones that's been bought. Why don't you talk to you? Why don't you talk to Choke No Junk? Why don't you talk to. You know, people that's getting, you know, like, why don't he talk to people that ain't going to take up for him? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying nothing bad about V-Lab, but we're on the street that you don't, you set yourself up going to V-Lab. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, can, the streets don't lie. I'm just saying. I ain't never, you know, had, I'm just telling what the streets say. So, can we, can we say a, a moderate number, a safe number? We're talking low seven figures? I mean, millions. Okay. Um, before I let you go, uh, if people wanted to reach out to you and, and for inquiries or anything like that, are you open for that or are you, or no? Yeah, they can reach out to me. And what what's the, what's the best way to do that? Just I have an just reach out to me on my Instagram. Okay, and uh, what L-R-O, is Laro? It's L R O Angala. And also, I wanted to give a shout out to I told her because I love her for this glass. This glass has helped me a lot. This is my oil glass. And Mystic Goddesses on Facebook. Okay. Do me a favor, real quick. Can you text or text me your IG link so I can put it in the post? Okay. Uh, final question, and then this is a little bit off the cuff. Okay. Stevie Wonder was on Motown for sixty years, mm-hmm. and then he finally got his own imprint label. Mm-hmm. And I explained to people what an imprint label was. Is basically they gave him a, a black card. And they let him play like he runs the joint, and which he really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie, oh my God, Stevie could have went independent decades ago. Can I say some? Yeah, please. That I want. I, I want to get your can thoughts I, on that. Can I just say this because there's a lot of shit going. You know, you hear so much shit in that industry. Stevie, you know, it's so crazy because the guy that night um, that was looking at me like he wanted to choke my neck up. You know, he, he, he worked with Stevie a lot, right? Oh, oh okay. I, I love Stevie Wonder. You know what I mean? I think the stories that you don't hear in the industry, like Michael Jackson actually has a deep, deep voice and sound like a nigga. You know yeah, what I mean? I've heard that. Or yeah. I, I, I actually heard, like, Stevie Wonder ain't blind. That's why all his women I've, are blind. <laughs> I've seen some videos where he... They will play games with you like that. All about the <laughs> I just had to get that out because I thought that was funny. Not because Stevie Wonder under the bus, but I love Stevie Wonder. I'm just saying that um, Stevie Wonder know what it is. I'm surprised Stevie Wonder's still around though. They like Stevie Wonder. Listen, he's had a. I mean, he's he's had pro- a run. and then I look at the verses, you know, the Patty and and, and the Gladys, but then I see Shaka. She, she, you know, she be getting a little loose at the mouth. I'm like, ooh, she got, sis. She got, she got, oh, she was ready to get bugged, but she got quiet again. <laughs> Open my chain. Open my chain in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, let me. Also, can I do one more thing? Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll come get your shirt because one thing I say this I'm not knocking celebrities, but this is one thing I will not. Like, this is what I basically say. Like, people, I want to get back. My goal is for people, like, something has to change in this industry. Shut that shit down and create another way that we can go back to respecting the artists instead of idolizing them. So, my shirt says, if orange is the new black, celebrities is the new whack. Meaning, like, I don't even know why people go out of it. Why do we, okay, I can get they work hard for the craft and want to be respected. We should go back to appreciation, not trying to be like these people, not trying to idolize these people, not going being a fanatic, being crazy over this shit. You know what I mean? Just take it, take over your whole world. Like, treat these people that they like me and you, because they are like me and you. Huh? That's part of the problem because you know we. I'm sure you come across indie indie artists all day long, and all let's day. be honest, 99 percent of them would love to sign to a major. That's the, that's they go. They don't even care what they got to do. They don't care. They don't care. I'm gonna say it again. They don't care. They don't care who they got to give up. I already explained. To, I talked to a lot of people in this industry. I already told them some shit, and they don't care. And they be sitting around their own noise, paranoid like another. And smiling with all that makeup on, all that bullshit, like they like them banking, you know, trying to make that storyline look perfect. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 they nervous, and they want somebody to speak up for them. They just don't got enough guts. So I'm speaking up for y'all. y'all oh know no, I, 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 yeah, they, these dudes be hitting me on the on the low end to be like, yo, Sly, yeah. you be saying things I can't say, brother. Right. But you know, and I'm like, hey, so, so, I understand, yeah. But yeah. they will never give you. A, they will never say thank you. You know what I mean? They will never say thank you. Like, I had to even get over the fact that, like, Beyonce, like, everybody knows that, I already know she's dope, I already know she's talented, you know what I mean? I already know, like, oh, that was an honor for me for her to even do my verse. But I'm like, when do you ever reach out and say thank you? You know what I mean? I go to Rock Nation, Rock Nation camp, I used to, I used to murder Rock Nation camps. You know what I'm saying? They used to always have me at their camp. When they start doing those writing camps, I remember, and I'm going to say this because we ended this, they don't think I'm the same thing, you know what I mean? But they know what it is. I remember I did a song called because okay, let me tell you this. I did a song called my, I didn't have to play with the bounce and my buns got me in, right? Mm-hmm. And um I, I one thing I found out is that I, I had such a different style that when I when when my name started getting around the industry, everybody was like, yo, you want your heat, you want your heat, you want your heat. And I remember I was trying to just knock out giving just dope shit, dope shit, but they wouldn't place it. They would just have their artists come mimic it. So I just started yeah. catching on. So what I did was just start giving them the same song and I just wrote for that producer. Smart, <laughs> yeah. I put on that track so everybody had the same song. Yeah. Y'all got, you got to hear this song that Lazante did. You know what I'm saying? They're playing. They're like, hold on. She did the same song to my track. Okay. <laughs> I got tired because they wasn't going to keep on jacking. You know what I mean? I can yeah. do my best too. But Rob Nation used to have me. I used to murder they I remember Jay Brown. I didn't know who Jay Brown was. I just knew his name. I didn't know what he looked like. I remember I had did a song. They had the first writing camp they had. I had did a song. And um I really did. I already had did it to this Osinachi beat. But I ended up using it to another producer's beat. And they went crazy over it. And I remember the next day that I was showed up at the studio, it was a man artist in the studio sitting there. And I was like, who is this dude? Why is he in my session? You know what I mean? Because I didn't know I didn't know who what he looked like. And he was like, yo, you did that joint bunch coming in? 
And I was like, yeah, she was like, your shit is crazy. That shit took a, that shit took a whole writer's camp. Yeah, where, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And it was like, um, who you got, who you with? And I was like, Rodney. <laughs> that shit shut down like this too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody yeah. that. But they still did have me come to their their writing camps. Okay. They still had me in that. All I know is that when I hear uh, some Beyonce shit, Rihanna shit, I hear me all in that shit. Yeah. And they know it. And this ain't coming at Beyonce, so be high, chill out. I'm just saying, sometimes it appreciates you can thank you. Sometimes you can say thank you. It's okay. You don't got to act like you're bigger than everybody where you can't say thank you. You just, you just saw something somebody just gave you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, come on. Nobody got to thank you all the time. I I, 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 I get things. Like, Imano Imano. You did sing something I just wrote, right? Right? Right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And on that note, my sister, I do thank you for your time. Thank you, Sly. I appreciate you making make me feel comfortable. Like, literally, you remember I told you, I said, well, how we started this off, you was like, you had your questions. And I was like, give me a little, I got to meditate on what I want to do. <laughs> but I'm not good scripture. Like, I'm, this is just me. This is what you, what you see is what you get. And this is when I'm my best. So, all y'all out there, I hope y'all got something. For, I hope y'all enjoyed this interview. I get thanks to you for letting me speak on your platform. I'm coming back on the show though. It's hey, whenever you're ready, you let me know. It's it's here I'm for coming you. Out, I, I have a, a a cartoon animation I'm coming out with, so I would like to present it on your show. Definitely, you, you let me know. Back. You let me know. I'll, I'll be here for you. All right, thank you so much. All right, you so from the Midwest. Yes, Midwest bring the Midwest breeds the motherfucking day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you, sis. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Yo, um, man, let me, I'm sorry, but I didn't get to the cash app. I'm so sorry, guys. Please forgive me. Noel, thank you for the cash app. Lyrica, thank you, hun. I want my interview. Uh, thank everybody for, for hanging out. I hope you guys got some out of this. I will try to bring you more content like this. I definitely want to bring her back again when, whenever she's ready. So with that being said, you guys have a good night. Peace.